Hi, I'm Dominica Lumazar. And I'm Rory Carruthers. We help entrepreneurs develop their big picture business strategy in order to break through growth plateaus. We built several marketing agencies from the ground up and have helped our clients earn over a billion dollars in revenue. Now we want to share everything we've learned along the way. This is the Big Picture Business Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Big Picture Business Podcast. Happy to be here with you guys. Thanks for joining us. Today, we're going to talk about uh, a topic that I think about a lot. And I'm really thinking that's going to help you guys out. We're going to jump right in and talk about the weight of success. And Rory and I were just cracking up because we're not talking about the physical weight. And granted, yes, I've packed on quite a few pounds from having a little one and uh, (laughs) just being in business when you're sitting down like all day. I got to get that standing desk. But when you're sitting down like the majority of the day, um, it's, it takes a toll on the body. So I'm, my goal is really to get better about uh, personal, physical weight. But today's episode truly is about the weight, the mental weight of success and what that means. Rory, let me, let me ask you something. What does success mean to you? your personal success. What does, what does that look like? Well, I had to define this when I started my uh, book agency. Okay. It was actually a little bit before I even did that. What, you know, what we wanted our lives to look like. And so if we go back, we think like, okay, when I was younger, I I was like, okay, well, you know, I want to be, you know, in a, in a successful band and, you know, be well-known and all those things. And as I got into my 20s and I was, you know, in the music industry, I started realizing that who I am as a person is not that. And that mm-hmm. the idea of that started to um, almost become, I don't, you know, I don't want to say repulsive, but it was just more like, um, I just the, like didn't fit with with my personality because I'm very introverted. Like I don't want a bunch of people all up in my business. I don't want to have to you know, like, if you really look at like what goes on in uh, celebrity culture, you're always on, like you always have to yeah. be doing interviews and Exhausting. and all this stuff and interacting with people constantly. And that's mm-hmm. super, super draining for me. So it's not something that like, as I started to really like, dig deep about and find, figure, figure out who I was as a person and my personality type. I was just like, okay, you know, that's not what I want, but I still enjoy doing music. But what does that look like? And I still enjoy running businesses. And what does that look like for myself? So mm-hmm. for me, success, the idea of what I wanted success to be for me came about when my uh, son was born. And it was, you know, just before he was born, I was like, okay, well, what do I want my life to look like? you know, my, my dad wasn't around when I grew up. So the biggest thing for me was, I was like, I'm going to be there. I'm going to spend time with him. Um, I'm not, you know, even there's a difference between, uh, being a parent and being an involved parent. Right. (laughs) So I I wanted to to be there and to, um, to give him something that I didn't have. And, um, and so that became the goal that became the success goal. How do I make that happen? Everything has to support that. So the business has to Mm -hmm. support that, you know, can't work too much in the business. 
or, or else uh, that doesn't support that goal. You know, regardless of how much money is made, making sure that, you know, on either end, it's not detracting from the relationship that I have with uh, my kids. And mm-hmm. so that, mm-hmm. that became the initial goal, that initial intention at the beginning of this uh, agency that I was starting at the time. And I just went from there and said, okay, well, if that's how it is, if that's how, what success means to me, then every decision that I make has to be in alignment with that. I love that. So you, you actually set a goal, parameters and boundaries around what you were doing for mm-hmm. your work life. And you're making it work big time because you do spend time with your yeah. kids. You're there. You're you're physically there. You're mentally there. And your kids know that. Well, and, and that was a big thing. Like within, if I stayed in the music industry, I knew that I was going to be out on the road touring in the studio constantly and not able to to be there. And and so mm-hmm. I had I made that decision that I needed to do something different, take a different path. Yeah. So what about for you? What does success look like for you? Similar, similar to where I, I always told myself, even way before Emma was born, that I, I wanted to be able to be home and to create my own schedule. So success can mean so many different things for so many different people. Maybe, maybe you know, success means, hey, I paid all my bills this month. Awesome. I don't owe anybody any money credit cards are paid off. Maybe success means I'm going to go buy a new car. Like whatever, whatever success looks like for, for you and for you listening or for me, it's so different for everyone. And success for me, really, it comes down to, to making sure that I never put work before family ever. And sometimes that's very challenging. I got a client call, you know, and my daughter's demanding attention. I talk a lot about boundaries, but the weight of success, that term I have now gotten to this level where I don't need the flashy car. In fact, I'm selling my Beamer. Like, I don't need the flashy car. I don't need a giant house. Really, like, from getting into major car accidents and all of a sudden health becomes, like, the major priority, like, success to me is my health. I ha- I, I'm, in, I'm in decent health. I don't have COVID. My family is safe. <laughs> We just went through one of the biggest stressors of our lives, my husband, Chris, and I, because we now live in Colorado. We moved here in early June. Obviously, you guys are probably listening to this (laughs) at a different date, but it's now September 1st. We grew up in the Santa Cruz Mountains and our hometown, literally, we watched it from states away, burning down to the ground. All our friends and family got evacuated. We couldn't be there to help. It was this, I mean, it's been this really intense epic stress where we can't just get in the car and go because we've got fires here. So there there comes this this sense of urgency and need to like jump in and like help, right? That's our family, that's everything. We got to go help and thankfully our entire family and really close friends of ours, their homes are still there, but many of our friends' homes are gone. And we still like we want to jump into action and help. And because people know that both Chris and I work from home. Chris works for a tech company. I, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing. I've got my clients. People know that we have this level of success and there's an expectation on us to jump into action and help. And so we had to make this boundary call with what was happening. It's like we we cannot jump into action because we have to take care of ourselves right now to hold the space that if that if 
you know, family members' homes burned down. We were talking about dragon prefab homes on our property to like, you know, make sure everyone had some place to be. There's an extra level of, even if you don't walk around with a lot of bling or the fancy clothes or whatever your your thing might've been early on, I had an obsession with watches. I have some really nice watches, but I only bust them out for special occasions. Before, I'd be walking into like Marshalls with my crazy ass expensive watches. I'd be like, look at me. It's not who I am anymore. And, and I think it's because I've reached a new level of, I've got my health. I'm safe. We're all safe. Let's just continue doing good work for my clients and, and keep, keep things moving forward. And I'm fortunate enough that I put myself in a position where I live way below my means. I could go out and have all these things, but I'm saving and saving and saving. I don't want to have to work forever, even though I love it. I could, but I like knowing that um, from a success standpoint, there's a savings, right? I'm, I planned for this. I get to be with my daughter and hopefully there will be another baby somewhere down the line, you know? So yeah, success has many different variations. So And stages. Totally, exactly. And, and, and different stages in life and where you're at. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing to like, you know, walk around with your flashy stuff. But the second I put myself out there like that, people were like, oh, damn, she's got cash. I always crack up because uh, my dad used to say, you always know who the wealthiest guy in the room is. Because he's dressed like Steve Jobs, right? He's got the random turtleneck with, in, and sandals and socks and blue jeans. And everyone else is wearing suits, right? Like the worker bees. I would love for people to write in and, and tell us, what does success mean for you? You know, it's, it's a unique thought. How hard are we going to work? And what's the goal? Is there an end goal? You know, like, our, is your plan to work? Not you, Rory, but like our listeners. Is your plan to work? So you can retire early. What is the plan? Like what, what weight of success do you have going on? It's a heavy topic of just navigating through gratitude, attitude, and sassiness and, and the weight of all that. And then you get to a level. I know, Rory, you're there. Let's look at there's the mental aspect and then the perception aspect. Okay. So the men- mental aspect is that for most people, even even really successful people, they feel like imposters. Okay, right? And and this is, uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, there, there's uh, a music uh, producer named David Foster. Some people may know him, but he's he wrote uh, some of the biggest hits in '70s and '80s, and uh, um, and even '90s for Celine Dion in Chicago and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. This, the big names. Yeah, this guy who is prob- like, prob- like one of the greatest um, songwriters and producers that's ever lived. There was a documentary on Netflix about him. And in it, he said, you know, on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I think I am the absolute greatest at what I do. On Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, I think I am the worst and you know uh i suck and i've got to like really get to work and do so much better and on sundays he's like mm-hmm. and on sundays i don't even think about it <laughs> but what i found is that m- most people who a- as success comes one of two things happens one they allow that imposter syndrome to take over and then um mm-hmm. and self sabotage what they've created and, th- and this is actually more common uh, that this happens. 
And then there's the people who still have the thoughts, but they just, they work through it and they keep going. And that's, that's mm-hmm. more like David Foster level or, you know, or, you know, even what, how we approach, you know, mindset within our lives. It, you know, you're going to have thoughts like that. You're going to think, well, man, I just, I, I suck today. <laughs> I can't, I can't do anything right. And it's like, <laughs> you know, that's, that's one way to look at it. But we, we've talked a lot on this podcast about how there are no failures unless you just give up. So if you're yeah, learning exactly. something, it's always a success, even if it appears to everyone else in the world that it's a failure. But if you actually learn something and you took that away and you went out and you said, you know what, I can, I can do better. I'm going to do something different. That didn't work, but something else will. Then mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is the right mindset. That's the success mindset. That's what keeps you going and gets you to the next level and the next level and the next level. You know, and, that, and that is the other uh, mental side of it is that is realizing that there are levels and stages to success. Right. You can't just go zero to 100. It's not sustainable. And most people can't. And you look at like lottery winners who Mm -hmm. just come into a ton of cash. And then I don't know what the exact statistic is uh, off the top of my head. If I remember correctly, something like 60% of lottery winners are completely broke within four years of winning. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that. Uh, I was actually having uh, a conversation with uh, Dolan, one of our uh, previous guests and one of my business partners, yesterday. And what we were talking about is how we know all these people who have made tens of millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars online, and yet they're flat broke. They don't present themselves that way, but mm-hmm. you know, when you know what's going on, mm-hmm. you're like, wow. You know? They just blow through cash. I mean, I, I, you know, I made a comment to him. I was like, "How does someone blow through thirty million dollars in two years?" You buy a jet. That's exactly it. <laughs> that was one of the things that one of the guys we were talking about <laughs> uh, yacht uh, yeah. bought was was his own private jet. Right. Everyone wants to like, you know, they come in come into cash and they want to be a baller and they want to like throw money around. And, but the thing is that that's not smart. Like you don't take from that nest egg. So if we're, we're looking at like strategy, because I want to give something that's actually tangible here that as you grow your business, you're going to come into uh, more and more money and you're going to want to know what to mm-hmm. do with it and how to approach it from the right mindset. Mm-hmm. What you can do is, th- and this is the advice I would give uh, this person who blew $30 million, I would go, okay, look, take that $30 million and put it into investments. Investments that bring you money each and every month. Now, if you actually even just baseline simple investments, 10%, that's $3 million mm-hmm. per year to live off of. You could just live off the interest of that too. That, that's what, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. That's the interest yeah. of, yeah, of, it's amazing. Of, um, of your investment. right? Mm-hmm. So you don't have to work ever again in a situation mm-hmm. like that. You just have to learn how to live on $3 million a year. Just, yeah, I just got to right. learn. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's the thing is... Make your money work for you. Yeah. yeah. You know, mm-hmm. don't like, once you've accumulated money, you can actually have the lifestyle, uh, have a nice, very nice lifestyle if you want, um, yeah. just living off the interest of that. But if you don't totally. do that and you just start taking from 
that that initial fund of money that maybe you put, you you received maybe very quickly in a buyout or mm-hmm. in um in a lottery or you know whatever it is where you receive that money you know it could be inheritance too mm-hmm. that that does happen and a lot of people don't know how to handle it so you th- just think these things through and say you know you, you may not have all the answers you may not know where to invest it or anything like that but the thing is you have to have the mindset the mindset is that you are going to invest in you're going to figure these things out okay you're not not just going to just like throw that $30 million away or whatever the amount of money is, you're going to use it to your advantage to support and enhance your lifestyle so that you can have a lifelong income instead of a two-year spending spree. Right. And then you're also setting up like future generations if you have kids or Mm -hmm. loved ones, close kin. But the other side of that too is don't just wait around to come into some money, right? Right. So- I'm sure you, I mean, everyone under the sun is sort of the secret, right? Where it's really setting the intention and getting out a checkbook and writing, you know, a million dollars on the checkbook and putting it on your wall and looking at it every day. I believe that that's totally true. I did that. I think I printed it out. It was like their, their standard check. It was like, I will make hundred thousand dollars is what I wrote down um, by the end of, I think it was, what, I mean, that was. 10 years ago or more, but it happened. And I remember when it happened, I was like, (gasps) and I looked at that check and I was like, this works (laughs) because I, because I put myself in that correct mindset to be successful, to take the first step, to, to pave the way mentally. And then I knew exactly what I wanted to do with that money because I had strategically thought about it. It wasn't just like, holy crap, a hundred grand let's go shopping. No, it was like, okay, now that I actually have this, here's, here's my plan. I'm going to stick to it. Now. I think that if you ever have like a, a win, like a major win that you've really been working hard for and, and been thinking about, and you've planned for buy yourself a little something nice, you deserve it. You've worked hard, but then save the rest and, and strategically, you know, um, plan it out so that when you do fall into the big, big money, you know, what's going on. It's not a bad idea too to like, you know, contact a financial advisor, interview a few of them, see if one feels good because you're setting yourself up for wealth, for long-term wealth. Well, and and reach out to to people who are already successful and ask them yes. to, to refer you to someone. Yeah, who they trust. Yeah. Yep. So yes, I mean, absolutely. like just like with uh with taxes and stuff, um because mm-hmm. I, I was going to mention um so a referral, if, if you guys need referrals, you know, reach out and ask. But, um, you know, we're going to have a great one around taxes um, coming up. I didn't even put um, that on the list. Oh, we have to. Yeah. Yeah, we have to. We're this put guy, that episode on the, on the list. <laughs> hopefully we'll have him on sooner than later because I know that he would add so much value. And uh, you guys... Uh, I think it'd be one of the greatest gifts we could ever give our listeners, honestly. Well, yeah. And, you know, and, and so why I mentioned taxes, okay? Because you think about, okay, 100 grand, well, you're going to give 40% of that back to the federal government, another 10%, mm-hmm. depending on your state. Um, right. And so you have to really look at, well, okay, well, how, you know, you just did this $100,000 deal, but you really only have 50000 Right. So that, right. that's exactly right. You, every every dollar I make to this day, I cut it in half. Yeah. 
and I just put 50% towards taxes. And then I, like in a separate account, I, I don't touch it. I just know it's that goes to a separate account. Um, and, I, and I don't think about it. I pretend like it's not there. And then if I'm lucky enough where, you know, big projects come up and, and uh, I can write off a lot of things that come, come down the pipeline, then I won't have to dip into all of that, right? Because I'm, I'm using that money to fuel my business in ways uh, that make sense and yeah. that are true. I'm not talking about hopping on a plane to Fiji. I'm saying like, you know, they're, they're legit business purchases. Yeah. And so the other, the other part of this is how you spend your money, right? So I've briefly mentioned this before, but one of the really key things is when you are actually spending the money that you have, you have to look at two aspects. First aspect is that you've, you're, you pay taxes. So for every dollar you spend, you have to earn $2. So right there, anything you buy, just double what it, uh, what it costs and say, is it still worth it? Sometimes it is, but I found that the majority of the time it isn't. And that's why both of, both of us run lean businesses and lean lifestyles is because we have that mindset. We know how much that the value of a dollar is. Yeah. Now the other side of it is the, the second side is opportunity cost. Hmm. What is that? I'm so glad you're bringing this up. What is the yeah, dollar yeah. that you didn't that you spent on something else not bringing you in from your investments, from your from your business where you're reinvesting it in your business, from the right. advertising that you're not running and you know potentially doubling or tripling your investment. Hmm. Like mm-hmm. you have to really think about these these things. This is, this, you know, this is real business and real world that we're talking about. We don't, you know, we don't talk about how, you know, you, you're going to like go and like earn a million dollars and go buy a Ferrari. Like, no, don't, don't do that. Like, because we see the pitfalls of, of that you may not see because we have the connections to see it. Right. And, you know, it's sad too. uh, Yeah. And, and we yeah. see like how how stressful it is for the people who make some of those poor decisions how it can ruin their fa- their families their marriages ruin their businesses because then they're not able to actually run their businesses properly because they are too stressed you know start developing health problems like it just goes on and on and on i i see it more and more with young really young entrepreneurs young business owners I might have shared this story before, but I think it makes sense for the sake of this particular episode. I was offered a contract. Basically, they said, we're going to give you 150 grand and just come on in and you you come in like once a week, advise us on some stuff and it'll be great. Don't worry about it. Just come on in. We'll hang out. Maybe we'll play beer pong. Like it was, it was this very, very lucrative startup that was heavily heavily funded. And it, it, it was the classic like kid straight out of college, hired all his buddies, spent a ton of money on who wants hoverboards. And I mean, anything anyone wanted, they had uh, kegerators like in their lobby. It was the weirdest scene to step in there and be like, this is the future of Silicon Valley. And I, um, I turned it down. I turned the contract down when I really, at the time I really could have used that. And I was like, you know what? I can't stand behind a CEO, regardless of how old they are. I can't stand behind and get on board 
if I'm seeing money just being squandered and it's not just, it's not, it wasn't his money either. It was the company money that got funded from investors who worked their asses off and saw an opportunity. And it was just really was a, a good experience for me to have and very humbling to be like, this isn't for me. And I, and I wish you guys luck. They were closed down in 12 months, gone. Well, and, and it, it was sad to watch and they didn't take my advice. So <laughs> yeah. And, and you know? that was one of the things, uh, cause I remember how hard of a decision that was for you because you called me up and was like, I'm struggling with this. Like, what should I do? And we mm-hmm. talked it through. Yeah. These people are not being smart with their money. And we, we called it like, we were like, give it 12, 18 months. Mm-hmm. They keep going like this. They're out of business. Right. Sure enough. And they even <laughs> called me. They even called me toward the very end. Again, they were like, we recognize that like the advice that you gave was really sound. And uh, is there any way you come back and try to help us? I'm like, oh, it's too far gone. Like, I, I'm so sorry. Like, this is not the opportunity for me. And I, I actually was able to refer them to someone else who helped them just basically close the books down and, and move and help them on the next path and lessons learned for them. And now they actually this particular young CEO has another another startup that he's doing relatively well, but he learned a very valuable lesson. Like it, you can't piss off, you know, people with cash who are gonna who are gonna back you, right? Like you, you can't piss them off. And guess what? That guy spent so much money, so much of somebody else's money. So the weight of success, right? Yeah. That guy learned a real big lesson. That's heavy on his shoulders. He pushed through and now he's doing something else. But yeah, it it it's a it's a ebb and flow of like where 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 does that line where is that line between wanting to live a comfortable lifestyle saving for yourself for family not squandering cash and i love rory i love that you brought it up again about you know really looking at something like this is actually costing me twice of what's on the tag so and i mean depending on your tax bracket right it's like it it's twice so is it worth it do I need that $500 purse? <laughs> Whatever it is, you know? Yeah. It's, it's amazing how much, how much further cash goes when you're making educated decisions. I know that mindset of this is double every time I buy anything uh, has, has been really helpful for me. Yeah. Well, and then so there's this, uh, this is quote from Gary V. Gary V. Gary V. It, it's, uh, he, he's like, I wish every young person would want to earn $70,000 a year instead of a million because like Mm. everyone shoots for this. Oh, I got to earn a million dollars. I got to earn a million dollars. But most people don't have the comprehension of what that is, what it looks like, what it takes to do that. They -hmm. don't have the mindset to even get to that place in a lot of cases. So Mm -hmm. what, what, what he's saying is like, and the reason he picked seventy thousand dollars in it, this is approximate, and it varies by where you live. Okay. Yeah, federal, state, all that. So, yeah, so like you know, different places in the world, it's a little lower. Uh, if you live in the Bay Area or New York, it's probably it, it's about four times that. Um, but it's the what it is is that it's the level of happiness related to income. So there have been multiple mm. studies done about this, but on average, uh, $70,000, $75,000 is about where most people get to a certain level of happiness. But beyond that, 
level of income, happiness Mm -hmm. doesn't adjust or change that much. So what, what he's saying is like, if you just try and get to, you know, good level of happiness and a good level of income, anything beyond that is just gravy, but you have to get there first. Like if, Mm -hmm. if you're not at that level, like strive just to get there. Because mm-hmm. once you get there, you're gonna go. Oh, this is this is nice. I'm this this works, you know. But I wanna I wanna do more. And we found mm-hmm. that in our own businesses, that every time we hit a, like a goal or a plateau, we go, oh, this is nice. What's mm-hmm. next? You know, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> <laughs> totally. You're right. Because and, and there's even more like you know, there's things like dopamine shots that happen in our brain, like flooding our brain when we are striving for goals that we want to achieve. So once you hit the goal, it's like, oh, okay, great. I need another goal though. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I, that's exactly how it is for me. Right. And I, th- I think that's why, in large part, why you and I are constantly keeping up on like the latest of what's happening and what we love to do, what's happening in online marketing. What's the next big thing that's not only going to help us grow, but help our clients and, and just to continue to stay on top of it. It is, it's like a, it's like a big aha. Like we're lucky that we have these aha moments all the time, right? It's fun. Right. And then the, the other side of it is that uh, of the weight of success is the responsibility mm-hmm. and, you know, your responsibility to the people around you and to the world at large. If you don't have a baseline to work from, okay, and this is something that Richard Branson uh, said when I, I was reading one of his, I was reading one of his books, and I thought it was brilliant. He's like, if you're, you know, not even getting by, and you're just like starting, don't give money away. You know, like some, like so many people talk about, like, oh, I'll be charitable no matter what, and it'll come back to you. But he's like, don't give money away. Just get yourself to a level of success so that you can give back at an even greater level. I I like that. But I'm also a big believer in the more you give away, the more you give back. Right. It, but you don't have to give away money. That's the thing. Like, you can give away time. Yeah. You can give um, advice that helps people. Like, there's so many things you can do that doesn't have, it doesn't have to be money. And his whole point was that if you haven't got money sorted, then mm. you need to get it sorted. And you can't, Before you, you can't get it yeah. sorted if you're giving it all away. Yes. Yeah. Right. Go Richard. Yeah. 100%. But then you have to have the other mindset is that as soon as you hit that point where your where things are starting to go well, then it's that weight of success. Then mm-hmm. it's like th- that responsibility to actually do that, actually mm-hmm. give back, actually help people with that money. Because mm-hmm. the more success you have, the less time you tend to have. The, you know, it's like that's that. That ebb and flow is like when you're broke, you have a whole, (laughs) usually have a whole bunch of time on your hand to try and figure things out. But when you're really successful, everyone wants your time and your attention Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. um, to see how they can get ahead or get to your level. Exactly. So, you know, um, and this, and see, these are the things that are the conversations that happen behind closed doors at very, very high end and expensive masterminds because everyone deals with Mm -hmm. these type of things. We're just, you know, bringing some of this uh, to you to help you to understand the um, what goes on and and how everyone 
deals with these types of situations. Mm-hmm. And it's like, a lot, and a lot of people I've noticed that they're like, yeah, you know, I can give millions of dollars, but I don't have like any time in my schedule to like sit down and like help people the way that I want. And so or play with their kids. Yeah. Or sometimes play with their kids. You know, you have, you have to find the balances and, and, and design your life how you want it to be in advance of actually having the life you want. Right. And that goes back to part part of the secret. Right. So that is envisioning the life you want. But if all you're focused on is that hundred thousand dollar check and that's all that matters, everything else will suffer because of it. Exactly. Yes. Yep. Right. So it has to be a balanced vision of what the future is, where you've got the money and uh, the family and uh, helping that you're doing in your community or in the world. Mm -hmm. Those are the things you have to think about. Just, you know, don't be so like one sided about it. Like expand your vision. Look at the bigger picture (laughs) of of, of your own life and what you want it to look like. Yeah. I think something that uh, comes up for a lot of people when they're trying to break through to the next level of success, like they've, they've reached a plateau and they're like, gosh, how do I get to the next level? I have seen time and time again with my clients where they, they have this, this barrier, this, this block about receiving where, whether it's, uh, you know, upping your rates or asking more money for a product, whatever it might be, it's like a, it's a challenging thing where they just don't feel like they can receive. And I don't know if that's an American thing. It's, it's very bizarre, but I, it seems cultural to me where it's, it's a struggle for a lot of people. Yeah, I, and so to that, I say, go ahead. I'll, you go ahead and then I'll go. I was just going to say to, you know, to, to that, if, if you're personally struggling with like, gosh, I really do have a problem with receiving. Or if you, if you, have been approached with an opportunity where you're like, oh gosh, like that's out of my league. The whole back to the whole imposter syndrome, right? I say just jump in and do it because you don't know what's going to happen. It could totally bring you to that next level of success that you didn't even think was possible. So power of intention, setting up that correct mindset where you are envisioning exactly where you want to go who you want to be. And that's just, that's smart business. Right. And then the the second part of the secret, the thing that actually wasn't mentioned in the book or in the movie, that is probably the most important part. And it's, it's funny that you brought that because, you know, long before it came out, Bob Proctor, who is uh, one of the people in there, he was one of my mentors. He was like that whole idea of, of what, of what the secret was like, that's what he, he preached. But you know, he also said like, that's, it's not everything. Like the mindset, you you have to get the mindset right. And that Mm -hmm. takes so much effort. And like, just to even get past some of the blocks that we have and to retrain ourselves. We've talked about that, how I've done that in another episode, you have to take action. Okay. The, that was the biggest thing. The secret didn't really go into is that Mm. they were like, envision, 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 and then, you know, put all these things on, on your vision board. And that's like part one. Part two is you have to actually take the steps to make those things happen. Mm-hmm. And that's the harder mm-hmm. part. It, I promise you. Right. You can't just sit there. The harder part envision. because everyone wants to just envision the success and not take the action that's needed to accomplish that success. 
And that's why so many people say, oh, the secret doesn't work. It doesn't work. It does work. But it, you have to take action on it. You have to actually do something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can't, you can't just sit on a mountaintop all day and just, I envision billions of dollars. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, hey, if, if that has worked for someone, call me because I'd like to know. But yeah, I mean, it takes, it takes work. Right. And you look at yeah. like sports training. Like sports training has gotten really involved in this. So what they what they found with sports is that uh, if you if you envision taking like say let's, let's say basketball for example, you envision doing the correct shot over and over and over again. It's almost as good as just shooting over and over and over again, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The problem mm-hmm. is is yeah. that if you've never shot a basketball, you don't know if you're envisioning it right. First off. And second, you still need the muscle memory. You're so smart. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, totally true. Right. And so that's why in sales situations, as an example, like you need to be able to to go in and just, you've done it so many times. You've said the word so many times that even if it's a bad day, even if you're dead tired, the words just come out. Mm-hmm. Right. And I've, I've talked mm-hmm. with clients about this because there are times where they're just stumbling all over the words. They're trying to f- just say, remember all the like sales trainings and stuff that they've, they've heard, mm-hmm. you know, the scripts and stuff. And then they sound robotic and, you know, it doesn't come off very well. And it sounds disingenuous and they're not actually listening to the person and responding appropriately. They're just going through their scripts and stuff. And you'll see this right. with like telemarketers and stuff when they try and call you. Yes. You'd be like, um, you know, do you have long distance or, you know, that's a very old reference, (laughs) but I just, I remember that. And then, then you'd be like, yeah, I do. And they'll be like, oh, okay. So, um, I've got a great long distance service that I think you'd be interested in. I'm like, I'm fine with what I got. Oh, but I think you'll be really interested in it. Like, this is what it does. It's like, just come on. (laughs) Go away. Stop reading your script. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I, uh, I I think one of the the secret the secrets to success for me has been that I very much respect money. Meaning, if I see a penny on the ground, heads up, heads down, I don't care. I'm picking it up, put it right in my pocket. Doesn't matter. I I very much respect it. Money is an energy exchange. It takes a lot of energy to make it. it takes energy to spend it. All that. It's like it's a giant energy exchange cycle. And so for the people that walk over a quarter, you know, I in fact, I remember Roy and I, we were walking in downtown Santa Cruz. We just finished up like an awesome session in the music studio. I think we were on our way to go get a cup of chai. And uh, I found 25 cents on the floor. I I don't know if it was like on the ground or like just outside of the, the coffee shop or whatever, but I remember being so excited because I, I picked up the quarter and I was like, this is like 25 cents. <laughs> no, you said 25 pennies. It is. It's like 25 pennies. And I'm like, do you understand? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yes, it is. It is exactly 25 pennies. <laughs> it's but my point, my point, yeah. right? It's like, and, and like a couple of times we found like a $20 bill on the ground. I thought oh, yeah. Carly, like we were, remember that? Like yeah. we went and had Greek food and Carly was like, what? When you respect money, you'll, all you got to do is sometimes is look down or look up. Like oh, yeah. money that, is everywhere. That that happened. Um, we were out on a on a family walk, and it was like ten dollars on the ground. We're just like we're out on like a trail, you know. 
<laughs> it was meant for you, man. Yeah. Look, it fell out of someone's pocket and they were like, hey, it's my gift to you. You know, the other thing that I always do, like when I find money, you know, whether it's a penny or whatever, I, I pick it up and I say, thank you. There you go. Gratitude. It's really important. Gratitude. Attitude. Yeah. yeah. You, get, you you have to respect money. I, Rory and I have talked about this a couple a couple of times where we have encountered some potential clients where let's say we're on like a call with them and we're going down the list of things explaining what our services are and what we're going to do for them. And without even skipping a beat, they're like, cool, sounds great. So where do I send the cash and how much? It's like they there's a disconnect. They're throwing their money around and they know that they're going to get like a service from us. But it's still this disconnect. And it it almost makes me take a step back and like, ooh, do I want to work with this person? They're not holding their their cards close enough to say, hmm, or ask me, Nick, do you have a payment plan? Or what does that look like? Like what what are the benchmarks we're gonna meet before you get paid? Or I love it, love it, love it when clients ask me, do you have a payment plan? What are going to be the key performance indicators that we're gonna look at together to know to like measure the level of success? KPIs are huge. We should have a whole episode about that. We should. We will. Yeah. <laughs> we will. I try and actually, you know, when I'm when I'm sending out information about, about what we're gonna do, that's pretty all mapped out. Right. So I try and build that in so that those conversations don't necessarily need to happen. Interesting. I like it when they happen because then there's an opportunity to actually see how someone's reacting to something. Right, but you know what I mean? I'm not on the, at this point, I'm not on the phone with them. You've already done that. I've already done that. So we're past yeah, that, yeah. right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. um but one of the things that that I found really valuable around making the offer is that or or you know, speaking to your point of what I want here is I want someone to say, "Can I split that into can I pay you half up front, half when we're mm-hmm. done?" right? Mm -hmm. That's the standard like for websites. That's the standard for a lot of things, right? Especially in like the online world. And when someone doesn't do that and they're just like, you know, Hey, um, you know, here's 30 grand or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, that's nice. I appreciate it. But you're not running your business properly. (laughs) And we're going to have to work through that because then I have to 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 train them on educate them because it, you know they like I know that they're working with me that we're going to take care of them no matter what but I've also been in circumstances with contractors and other people in the business world where um you know even just paying half up front they still haven't delivered right right and I don't want my clients to get into that situation so then I have to sit down and say look you know we need to appro- to approach like and talk about how you are doing this in your business because eventually you're going to work with other people for things that we don't do in our businesses. And if you approach it the same way, you're not necessarily going to meet every single person that's as nice as us or is going to take care of you the way that we will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we have to then arm our clients. But when someone does it in advance, I'm like, okay, that's great. Like that's, that's what the expectation should be you're doing things right. You know, that's good. Yeah. There's, there's a couple of different examples. So there's, there's paying for a service up front, right? People are like, here it is. I don't want to have to think about it. Just get the job done. You're like, whoa. And then there's that education factor where money management is a large part of respecting 
like your business and where it's at and also holds that weight of success. Like, oh, it's easy to throw it here and throw it there. But let's talk about inventory for a minute. Mm-hmm. So if you are a service-based business where you have tons of inventory, let's say, for example, we'll just use auto detailing. There's a lot of like solutions and things, whether it's armor all or soap. Now, if you think about how much you actually need to run an auto detailer for a week, if you have enough to go for a week, then that's extra cash that you don't need to spend on inventory. If you have your business, like a well-oiled machine, and you know that you're going to be receiving all the solutions you need, brushes, sponges, towels, all that. You know you're going to be receiving it every single week. Maybe you have a buffer window because that's smart. Like give her, you know, maybe it's like two weeks, right? But you only need one week. Don't have six months worth of solutions sitting on a shelf somewhere that's collecting dust. And that's money that could be going back into the business to help it run more efficiently. Well, and this so is how, you, sorry, go ahead. And then I'll, no, no, go ahead. I was going to say, this is, this is how um, we ran into a toilet paper issue during the pandemic is because of so, how, how businesses are run, like smart businesses are run. They know that there's a certain amount of toilet paper that the world needs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's within certain tolerances of, say, 5% either way. But that's about it. And it rarely varies between that. So so when suddenly someone, you know, every single person in the world goes in and buys shopping carts full of toilet paper, then their production lines are not able to keep up. Like, there's no way to produce more toilet paper because their systems are not built fundamentally to do that. So, but that comes from smart business planning because they, mm-hmm. they aren't stocking two years worth of toilet paper in their warehouses. They're providing mm-hmm. just the right amount that what the world need. needs. Mm-hmm. And, and it might take some time to figure that out. Yeah. You, know, oh, you might well. not know that overnight. And it's going to yeah. adjust. And, and mm-hmm. it may adjust a little bit this way or a little bit that way. It, it doesn't make sense. You know, if you have like a huge order come in, doesn't necessarily make sense to retool your business to handle th- those types of random large orders that only happen every now and then. Take it case by case for those big, big orders. Yeah. yeah. And just, you know, be upfront with, with the people who order and say, look, look our supply chain is not set up to handle this. We're going to help you. We're going to get it out to you. Um, and we're going to do everything we can. We're going to work overtime. We'll make it happen. But, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have the capacity or the ability to, to do this consistently. Yeah, for the for the fulfillment. Yeah, and that's fine. I w- I will say if anyone has ever questioned the love that Rory really has for my family <laughs> during during uh, the first couple weeks of COVID, we like Chris and I we went to Costco and we were like, you know, they're out they're out of toilet paper. We were actually at a point in time where we're like, we needed some. Like we actually need it, but we're not going to go crazy and like try to figure out where a bunch of toilet paper is. We'll just like be sparing, like spare square, you know, <laughs> be sparing. And uh, so I, I was laughing with Rory one day. I was like, dude, we don't have any toilet paper. Like we had like a couple rolls, like we were down to a couple rolls, right? So this is going to be rough because we don't know. Well, yeah. <laughs> we and there's have- no stores that had it for quite a yeah, while. It, it was crazy. And somehow Rory <laughs> had this brilliant plan to surprise us and he shipped like 50 rolls of this 
total off brand. Like, <laughs> I don't even know what it is. We still have a ton of it. Thank you. <laughs> and when that arrived, it was like, ah. <laughs> so, so thank you. I never properly thanked you for the, the TP. Oh, yeah, you didn't. <laughs> Very <Okay>. much so. <laughs> um, oh, my goodness. But, but yeah, that's, you know, I, I actually did that uh, for a couple of clients, too. I, I checked in with all my clients. <laughs> you sent your clients toilet paper? Well, yeah. Like, I, I checked awesome. in. I, I, you know, I, I checked in. I, I, I Client said, hey, gifts? Are you, are you guys, are you okay? Do you have enough? hand sanitizer? Do you have enough toilet paper? Because I, like, I'm a research person. I will find something. If, if there's a way to find it, I will find it. Right. That's mm -hmm. <laughs> for sure. And, yes. And, um, and so, you know, I knew that we were running low on toilet paper, so I was going to have to buy some. I, I kind of saw in advance how things were going. As soon as I heard that there was hand sanitizer being bought like crazy, um, I, I looked and I was like, oh, there's nothing on Amazon. There's nothing, you know, at the local stores. It's all gone. But I found a med medical supply company that, that was uh, willing to sell some. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I'll, the only way you could buy it was in a case. So I bought it and I was like, okay, well, if, you know, uh, you know my mom didn't have any, so I sent her a bottle. My mother-in-law mm -hmm. didn't have any. My father-in-law didn't have any. I sent them bottles, right? <laughs> And, yeah, then I, and then I generous. just, you know, and then I asked you and you're like, yeah, we're good. We made some. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I checked with all my clients and, you know, I sent stuff out if they needed it because I was, a, I was able to, uh, to find it and to have it. And Stick I, around folks, yeah. become part of our tribe. If you're in need, <laughs> Rory will send you a roll of toilet paper. <laughs> but, but that, that's just part of business. It's like, it's, you know, yeah. it's like looking at what is going on in the world and, and making sure that the people who have supported you, you're supporting them when they might yes. need the help. Exactly. And that, that, yeah, that's, uh, that's the weight of success. <laughs> yeah, you know? it really is. It's, uh, it's yeah. realizing that, um, you have a responsibility to the world, to your family, to your clients that yes. with the success that you are receiving that, you're sharing that success and helping other people, whether it's in a time of need or whether it's uh, helping them become more successful in their lives, you know, giving back. And, um, you know, and I, I know just by, by the people that I help, I can help thousands of people. But if I teach those thousands of people to help other people, then they go and they help thousands of people and they help. And then those people go help thousands of people. Right. And we briefly touched on this uh, in in the episode uh, with Francesca about mm. how you know I helped you with with uh, you know learning ads and stuff like that, and then you helped her, right? And it's yeah. just like this chain of stuff that just happens mm. where you know you know, and then she's teaching other people <laughs> how to yeah. how to how to run social media and stuff like that. And it's like it just goes on and on. And so you, you can do a lot of good in the world. It may not always seem like it. You know, if you're able to help just even one person, mm -hmm. that one person may be the person that goes out and helps 10,000 other people. Absolutely. It's what is the classic saying? It's like teach a man to fish, right? And he'll be able to feed himself and many forever. Give a man a fish, he'll have one good meal. Something yeah. Like that. You know, yeah. So rather than giving away, 
your success, your money, if that's how you equate success, which a lot of us do, teach them. Yeah. Teach, teach them, teach them a skill. Yeah. That, and that's become one of my big goals with success because I've already accomplished so much that it's like, okay, that's great. Uh, and those are wonderful things, but the, the next level is, and, and has been for quite a while now, how many people can, I can, I help and instill the proper information in so that they can go and help more people and then they can go and help more people. And it becomes like almost like a, an MLM <laughs> of, of, yeah, of like reaching people one. because there's, <laughs> I can, I can only help so many people. Um, oh, it's right. only so many people are going to resonate with me as a person or with you as a person. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, I can help someone else who may have a completely different audience, maybe in a completely different industry and mm-hmm. they can go and help a bunch of people. And, you know, because, uh, just from doing all the books that we've done, I've just seen it happen. Uh, and you know, from all the advertising campaigns that we've run and, you know, over the years that all these businesses, it's like, <laughs> You know, I'm not starting a uh, an auto detailing dealership, right? <laughs> and I'm not going to uh, start a a pet resort, <laughs> right? Right. Right. But we got to speak to your strengths, exactly. Yeah. You know, and I'm probably not the the person to ask how to lose weight, <laughs> but we're dude. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> but Trying. we have clients <laughs> who just are so good at that stuff, and we help yeah. them be more successful. And if you can do that okay. same thing. You can do that same thing and help other people be more successful. Even if that's not part of your business, just be willing to offer your advice or your time, your money, whatever you can do to help them. That's how we grow the business community and, and, and how and we continue make continue those relationships. Yeah. And how, and how we, we all, instead of that, you know, there's that mindset of if one person wins, the other person loses. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, that was very prevalent in business and it was, it comes from a, a lack of understanding, I think, in business of how money works and how success works. I've said it for a long time that I don't feel like there's crazy competition for what you and I do. I bet there's plenty of money to go around. There's a lot of clients and we can all share the wealth. We can all share the wealth. It's just about coming together and, uh, and doing what's best for the client and continuing to educate, right? Well, yeah. And you look, you look at like people like Bill Gates, Warren Buffett. Richard Branson right. and stuff like that. They're just, you, you know, like we're, we're, we give back billions of dollars by working together. Yeah. You know, and to help the world as a whole, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who have problems that are much greater than our problems. Um, oh, and so gosh, as yeah. you are, you know, Blessed. you know, continuing to grow your business, you're going to, you're going to see these opportunities where you can help more. So I know we've, we've dived into these somewhat heavy topics <laughs> yeah, uh, in this episode, but I think it's important because there's, there's more than just what we do day to day in our businesses and at least be aware of it and plan for it. You know, how, how do you want to build your business? What, and how do you want to build your life? What is your legacy that you want to live or leave mm-hmm. after, you know, you're not here anymore? Cause mm-hmm. we don't know. I mean, it could be, it could be tomorrow. It could be next week. It could be 20, 50 years from now. We don't know when that ends for us, but what we do know is what we can do today to help someone. All right. So I hope that we've helped you guys a little bit. 
with this episode. And as always, we so appreciate you guys. We have so many cool things going on and we would love it if you guys could check out the BPB podcast forward slash VIP. Lots of cool stuff going on there. Catch you on the next episode. All right. Bye guys. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode. To download the digital episode companions, watch unedited and behind the scenes content from this and all of our other episodes, get access to exclusive trainings from us and our guests, get direct access to Dominica and myself, and to schedule your business critique with us, head on over to bpbpodcast.com forward slash VIP. All right, we'll see you there.